Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Boy, I tell you what, it's Zaman Simchatenu. It's the season of our joy, and I am joyful today. I'm joyful for a number of reasons. You know, after after preaching messages Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I woke up with not much of a voice, honestly, and so thankfully it it arrived back before today. But if I have a little berry wide in me, you'll understand why. <laughs> the Lord is good. Amen. You can get ahead in Matthew 18. We're going to examine the Word of God. I got something for you. Again, very something uh, interesting. I hope it speaks to you and ministers to you. I know it did me. You know, since Sukkot is the harvest festival for fruits, the last number of years I've been going through the fruits of the Spirit on the Shabbat of Sukkot, during Sukkot. However, since this year, Shabbat is on the exact first day of Sukkot, I thought I would do something a little bit different today, since this is a little bit more of a, uh, a different kind of a message. So I hope that the Lord speaks to you today, something that will bless you, something that uh, was, spoke to me and ministered to me, and I hope it blesses you as well. Okay, we've completed Yom Kippur. You know, it's so interesting because on one level, you, you breathe a sigh of relief. Oh boy, okay, yes, we finished the fast. But on the other hand, of course, we know that Yom Kippur is when we remember how we now have an atonement through Messiah Yeshua. And so we say, Baruch Hashem, praise God, amen? And so we have completed Yom Kippur. It was intense. It was profound. But it was beautiful for sure. Our sins are indeed forgiven. They are atoned for. All this is going to build, so you're going to Say with me, following me on the pattern of this, I find it very interesting. So our sins are forgiven, they are atoned for. God is so gracious to us to forgive us. But we also, beloved, have an obligation. You and I have an obligation. Why? Because we, in like manner, should forgive others. As we've just had Yom Kippur, we also have an obligation. On Yom, Yom Kippur, we think about our own sins and we're repenting to God and we beat our chest. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. But there is a ancillary responsibility that we have to forgive others. Matthew chapter 18. Let's, let's read the story. It's, I want to read the whole thing. It's going to take us a little bit of time, but I think it's really important to understand the context and to understand the point that the Lord is making, Messiah is making, and the way it connects to everything 
that we've been going through in this special season. Okay, Matthew 18, verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him, being Yeshua, and said, Master, how often shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? (laughs) Up to seven times. As a side note, right, pause right there. You know, it's like, being that he's asking the question, I don't really know if that's the best thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, it's, 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 almost, it's almost like he's saying, uh, do I really have to keep forgiving people? You know, it's, it's a little bit like, and then, then he kind of tries to throw out, oh, I had a whole negotiation course when I was getting my MBA at Emory, and it was, the, the name of the course was negotiations, and uh, taught by a brilliant professor, but, but, but there, there's the strategy and negotiation of anchoring. So to try to anchor the negotiation at a certain number. Okay, it seems like Peter here was trying to kind of anchor it at a low single-digit number, you know? (laughs) Up to seven times? Yeshua, verse 22, Yeshua said to him, No, not up to seven times, I tell you, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, ooh, that, that was an answer, and then, and then he goes on. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may com- be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle up, a man who was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. Uh-oh. But since he didn't have the money to pay, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. Oh. Verse 26 Then the slave fell on his knees and begged him, saying, Be patient with me, and I'll repay you everything. And the master of that slave, filled with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Wow. Pretty interesting. I want to let you know, friends. Get ready as you hear this. You want to know who that slave is? That slave is us. That slave is you and me. We understand that especially today since we just had Yom Kippur. He's talking about us. We're that one. Now what are we going to do after the debt has been forgiven? Well, let's hear what this particular slave did. In verse 28, now that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him and started choking him, saying, pay back what you owe me. So his fellow slave fell down and kept begging him, saying, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. Yet he was unwilling. Instead, he went off and threw the man into prison until he paid back all he owed. Uh Uh-oh. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply distressed. They went to their master and reported in detail all that had happened. Then summoning the first slave, his master said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave all that debt because you pleaded with me. Wasn't it necessary for you also to show mercy to your fellow slave just as I showed mercy to you? Enraged, the master handed him over to the torturers until he paid back all he owed. So also my heavenly father will do to you unless each of you from your hearts forgives his brother. Wow. 
Wow, that's intense, isn't it? Wow, what an intense parable and story from Yeshua. Our obligation to forgive others of their debts is such an important concept. It is so important for us to forgive others just as we have been forgiven. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. Yeshua, our our God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? This concept is not new. This concept is not new. Deuteronomy chapter 15, please. I'm going to share something with you interesting. This is interesting. I'm going to take you down a Another path, keep all that in mind. Keep that Matthew 18 story in mind. Keep that Matthew 18 story about Yeshua and, and the, the debtors in mind. But I wanna, I wanna take a little bit of a turn here on this. Uh, although I personally am not confident which year it really is, according to multiple Jewish sources, this year is not a Shemitah year. Okay, that's fine. It's a few years ago, it will be again. But there's a lesson that we can learn from the Shemitah that has broad ramifications. Now, for those of you who don't know, what is the Shemitah? I've heard that, Rabbi, before. The Shemitah was every seven years, every seven years, God declared to his people there would be a special year of Shemitah. Now, first of all, there are different attributes and things that were to happen in the Shemitah every seven years amongst the children of Israel when they were in the land. Every seven years, this was supposed to happen. We read about it in the scriptures crystal clear. We're going to read a little bit about it today. Okay, first of all, the most, probably the most commonly known attribute of the Shemitah year was that the land in the seventh year was to lie fallow. So, there was not to be planting and, and massive reaping and selling and harvesting and all this kind of thing. Every seven years, the land was to lie fallow, meaning that the poor or the animals might eat of it and it should not be formally farmed to give the Shemitah, to give the land a Shabbat, basically, on the seventh year. That was pro- that's probably the most known attribute of the Shemitah, of the Shemitah year. There's also regulation regarding freeing Hebrew servants. But there's a lesser known law of the Shemitah that requires examination today. So let's take a look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 15, starting in verse 1. And we're going to read something that's very interesting and insightful here. Verse 1, at the end of every seven years... You are to cancel debts. Shemitah Be'evrit. This is how you are to cancel debts. Listen very carefully how this is worded. Every creditor is to release what he has loaned to his neighbor. He must not force his neighbor or his brother to repay. For Adonai's debt cancellation has been proclaimed. Amen. And it goes on in more detail from there. Okay, a few things to know. So this happens every seven years in the Shemitah. Your Shemitah, Shemitah in Hebrew means release. 
release. But I want for you to notice something very important here. Very interesting and very unusual. And you only really notice it if you're looking for it. Typically, if a debt has been forgiven, you'd expect for it to be communicated to the borrower. That just makes sense. Your debt has been forgiven. Oh, praise God. God declares to all those that have borrowed, your debt has been forgiven on the seventh year. That's what you would expect. That just kind of makes sense, if you will. That's the way most legal documents would work uh, as it is. However, the Shemitah debt cancellation was different. The Shemitah debt cancellation was totally and completely addressed and about the lender. It was about the lender. The command specifically says the creditor is to release what he has loaned to his neighbor to forgive their debts. And it's directed to the lender. This is very, very important. And a, a key understanding of this. And yes, when, when, the, when every seven years, the lenders forgive the debt of, of the people who, who borrowed, the debtors, for sure. I mean, does it help the poor? Absolutely. And much of chapter 15 talks about, you know, you got to take care of the poor, which is of certainly of great importance. No question. But the law was not limited only to only poor people. This is interesting to understand. It applied even if you had a rich person that owed you money. Even if it was Bill Gates that owed you money, you as the lender were commanded, if he's your brother, if he's your neighbor, to forgive his debt. It doesn't matter their ability to pay or not. Yes, it's going to help a lot of poor people for sure, but that's not, the, that's not really the full point here. You had to release them of that obligation of that debt. It's so interesting and such an important nuance. Jewish scholars sometimes sort the laws of the Torah into three categories. One, laws between us and God. Two, laws that are between people. And finally, laws that are between man and himself. And although the law about debt forgiveness helps the debtor, for sure, it is still, still seen as being in the final category of laws as a law between a man and himself because it serves as a check on his life's priorities, the lender. It's really all about the lender. 
this debt forgiveness. Yes, it has ancillary benefit of blessing people and helping out the poor. So often, friends, other things can become what people worship more than God. So often. In this case, money can become people's God. Wow, so much has changed in 4,000 years. <laughs> so little has changed. Money is a lot of people's God. Scripture's talk an awful lot about it. You surely see it with people having a lack of generosity or not tithing into the Lord. Okay, God here is putting a check on people to look within to determine where their heart is. And he even more so further delineated that it was a heart issue that we're talking about, this debt forgiveness thing. It's a little unusual, and it is a heart thing for the lender. How do we know? Look a few verses down, verse 9 of Deuteronomy 15, verse 9. <laughs> because God was attempting to catch people unless they, in case they were looking for loopholes <laughs> from the debt forgiveness thing. Verse 9, watch yourself, God warns us, so there is no unworthy thing in your heart saying, the seventh year, the year of canceling debts is near. <laughs> and your eye is evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. Then he may call out to Adonai against you, and it will be a sin upon you. You must surely give to him, and your heart is not to be grieved when you give to him. For because of this thing, Adonai, your God, will bless you in all your work and in every undertaking of your hand. Woo. You know, friends, let me say that again. Is that what you want? It says that if you do this, the Lord will bless you in all your work and in every undertaking of your hand. Amen? So God was clear here. What was God doing? He was trying to, to, to take out a little uh, shell game that somebody might want to play. So somebody might want to say, hold on now. I know that in the seventh year, the Shemitah year, I got to forgive the debt of my other Israelites. And so eh, we're in year six now. I think I'm not going to lend money anymore for a while. I think I'm going to stop my money, money lending for another year and say a day. Another year and a day, then I'll start lending again. Why? Because I know the Shemitah's coming up and the debt's going to be forgiven, so I'm going to stop lending. No, 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 no. God was clear here. We're not to withhold lending to others just because we know that debt cancellation was coming. That defeats the point. Yes, the Shemitah debt cancellation benefited the poor, but truly the bigger beneficiary of this whole thing was the lender. And this yet even further shows that the command was about the lender. It was directed toward the lender. It was evaluating the heart and checking the heart of the lender. Similarly, similarly, beloved, 
we need to forgive those who need forgiveness from us. We need to forgive those that need forgiveness from us. And not even because it benefits them. It benefits us. When we forgive other people, it benefits us. It benefits you. When you forgive other people, God will bless you in all your work and in every undertaking of your hand. So says the word of God. Do you see the biblical spiritual principle that's involved here? It's beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's, it's very profound as well. And guess what, beloved? It completely parallels how God forgives us. And we need to forgive others in like manner, just as Yeshua taught us. And just like this debt forgiveness just like the debt forgiveness, it doesn't matter if they need or if they deserve forgiveness from you. It doesn't matter. Think about people in your life that you might need to forgive. Shemitah, release, release. You need to release them. Release them of it. The person that it will benefit most is you. If you forgive them for whatever it is that they might have done against you, It might have hurt you, misled you, whatever, been unkind to you. The person it will bless even the most is you to release them, to forgive them. Think about it for just a minute. I want for each of us here on this Chag to stop for just a moment and to think is there somebody that I need to forgive for something? So we're going to take just a moment, and I'm just going to be quiet for just a a minute. And I want for you to think, and you at home watching on YouTube, or if you're listening via the podcast, same thing. I want for you to think for just a minute about who you might need to forgive in your life, who has wronged you. So take just a minute and ask the Lord. And if nobody comes straight to mind, ask the Lord, Lord, is there somebody that I'm still holding something against inside of me that I need to forgive? 
Think about that for just a minute. We'll take just a minute. Maybe it was somebody from when you were a child and you hadn't thought about it in many years. Maybe it's somebody who's not even with us in this world today. Maybe it's somebody who's very close to you. Maybe it was a childhood bully. We're going to continue in just a moment in Deuteronomy, but first, before we do, Lord, I, I pray for each person who's thought of somebody in their lives that they need to forgive. Not because the person deserves forgiveness, not even because the person has asked for forgiveness, but because you forgave us. And we should likewise forgive others. The grace, mercy, and compassion that's, that we received that was undeserved, Lord, let us show that to others, whether they deserve it or not. Just silently to the, to the Lord. Just silently say, Lord, I forgive. And put that person's name in. Some of you may have a small list. <laughs> That's okay, too. You'll find if you really forgive them, it'll take a weight off of your shoulders. It frees you. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 31, as we prepare to close, this is, this is a final very interesting point. <laughs> Jewish scholars many years ago, even before the time of Yeshua, <laughs> God bless our people, found ways around this law. <laughs> Isn't it funny how our, our people, God bless us, we're really good at finding loopholes. And we were trying to find loopholes to the extent that we actually uh, were finding ways around this law, even just before the time of Yeshua and subsequently. 
And so the whole point of releasing the debt in this way during Shemitah has not been uh, effectively really practiced much in millennia. However, they set the date for debts to be forgiven as the last day of Elul, which kind of makes sense on one hand. It's the day before Rosh Hashanah, the day before uh, the new year, if you will. However, respectfully, that's not exactly what the Torah commands. If we read in Deuteronomy chapter 31, we're going to read something that makes so much sense that it's breathtaking. And not just that, but it's especially cool where it is on the calendar and where it is relative to today. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 10. Then Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the set time of the year of canceling debts during the feast of Sukkot, during the feast of Sukkot, there is a connection with us canceling others' debts to us and the feast of Sukkot, which makes total sense if you think about it, because on Yom Kippur, we recognize that because of the kindness, the compassion, the mercy of our Messiah, our debt has been paid. Our sins have been forgiven. We just remember that on Yom Kippur, amen? So as we live this out, mere days later, we're faced with the same question of the debt-laden servant who was forgiven their debt in Matthew 18. We're exactly in the same spot as that servant in Matthew 18 who just, 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 just had all of his debt forgiven. And the question is, what will we do here on Sukkot? Will we forgive and release others or will we hold it over their heads? The title of my message, friends, is Release the Debts. Let's bow our heads. <laughs> Thank you, O oh Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that is you, then how about today saying yes to Moshiach? How about today? If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to lift your hand and we'll have a simple prayer and the Lord will touch you and change you. Oh, had such great Yom Kippur services where we had people come to faith and Jewish people come to faith. Maybe you're online or listening via podcast. And if that's you and you've never said a prayer, to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, repeat after me, say, Dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart, believing he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me my sins. I'm sorry. 
I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, O oh God. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time and you're here in the auditorium with so many people here, please see me after the service. If you're watching online, send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. And Lord, I want to celebrate with everybody else here. God, I want to celebrate the fact, Lord, that you have released us of our debts. And Lord, that we have released others of their debts to us. Lord, may we not be like that troubled servant who after his debt was forgiven held other people's debts over their heads. No, no, no. Lord, let us be different. Let us learn the message that, that, that you gave, the parable in Matthew 18. Lord, and as you have forgiven us our trespasses, our debt, let us forgive others their debt. Let us not try to connive and figure out a way where we don't have to forgive other people their debt. Lord, but, but just as we regularly had to do in the Shemitah year, whether or not they deserved it or not, let us forgive. Let us forgive others. Let us take this as an important lesson during Sukkot, which comes right after Yom Kippur, where we are so grateful, Lord, for your forgiveness toward us. Lord, let us remember to forgive others. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us. We love you. And we are excited about what's in store for us this, this new Hebrew year. Lord, because our slate is wiped clean, and likewise, we wipe the slate clean of those around us. That isn't our ability. Thank you, God. And Lord, the person that helps most is us. Bless you for these things, God. We celebrate Zaman Simchatenu, Lord, the season of our joy, because we have our forgiveness and we forgive those around us. We bless you for these things, God, and we love you with all of our hearts. B'Shem Yeshua, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.